Hello and welcome to a Clear and Obvious podcast. Welcome back if you're a regular listener. Uh, we are back with our Euro 96 review. I'm joined as always uh, by the delightful Sam Cole. Sam, how are you? Uh, I'm great, thank you, Archie. I love the enthusiasm flowing from you today. And uh, yeah, I'm not bad. How are you? Not bad, mate. As you can see, I am glowing because England have once again lost on penalties. Um, no, that's not the reason. It's just that it's a sunny day. We're alive. It's it's a good day to be here. We've got improved audio, hopefully. So yeah, it's 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 a good day to be around. How's how's your week gone, Sam? Yeah, no, it's been, it's been all right, thank you. A bit bit boring, but you know that's just weeks in quarantine. How about you? That's that's how it goes, isn't it? Yeah, no, I've had, I've had quite a good. Uh, Good week. Uh, it was my parents' wedding anniversary, actually, uh, and I, I waited on them uh, in a full-on suit and, you know, got them, got them food and everything. So happy anniversary to, to, to mum and dad. Yeah, Kevin and Bonnie, it was their anniversary. So they, they had a great time. But yeah, it's been a pre- fairly uneventful week other than that. Um, but yeah, should we, should we dive right on in? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray, and you're listening to a clear and obvious podcast. Sweet. So, um, yep, England. They they played Germany, the age-old enemy. Uh, same team that knocked us out of Italian 90 on penalties. And spoiler alert, six years later, they do the exact same thing. Um, the game, uh, we played, yeah, obviously Germany at Wembley, the old Wembley, uh, semi-final, and it's sort of an early evening kickoff. And, um, yeah, one all after regular time and a penalties loss, which is really sad. Um Overall, overall thoughts mm. on the game, Sam? Uh, I thought it was a great game for the neutral. Um, a lot of attacking, um, extra time especially, uh, was very exciting. Uh, but, yeah, heartbreaking for English fans and us Germany fans will yep. we'll remember this they, exactly. for a long and, time. But, but so do we, we do. because we're talking about it. So we remember it for a long time, but for all the wrong reasons, I fear. Um, yeah, no, it was a, as you say, a good game for the neutral, and really, other than penalties, a good game for both both fans of either team. It was a stressful occasion, but uh, ultimately, if you're a German fan, a rewarding one, and if you're Gareth Southgate, not so much. Um, but yeah, it was a, it started off really, really kind of intensely, and it just sort of petered out a bit until that. Uh, well, I don't, we'll talk about it later, obviously, but it went on to golden goal, and then obviously on to penalty shootout. Um, do you want it? So England started off with their their, their famous, what well, famous, but the three at the back that they'd employed uh, a couple of games earlier because Gary Neville was suspended and they didn't want to bring in his brother because they were like he's he's too young to be going up against Germany. He's just going to get slaughtered, uh, which is fair enough, I think. Um, but yeah, overall thoughts on the England team selection? It was fairly fairly expected, wouldn't you think? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's much they could have really changed. I mean, it's an experienced side. It's a it's a solid side. I, I think the selection was actually pretty much spot on. To be fair. Yeah, no, it, it certainly it certainly was. Um, it was that back three again of Southgate, Adams, and Pierce. Uh, Platt joined Ince and Gascoigne in the centre of the park. Manaman on one wing, Anderson on the other, and uh, the striking duo of Sh- uh, Sheringham and Shearer. Uh, starting again, SAS, and they they got off to a flyer. Did England? Uh, what? Just past the two minute mark. Uh, well, it was actually so it was sort of sort of built up built up from a uh, a Paul Ince speculative uh, volley from about thirty five yards out. He actually did really well to even get it on target, let alone test the keeper. And then it then it goes onto a corner, and then uh, yeah, corner comes in, front post flick on from Tony Adams, and Shearer bundles it in, and you. You're thinking one nil against Germany at Wembley after three minutes. We're we're going to a final, lads. It's happening. Yeah, it, it was a it was a brilliant start. I mean, just start with Paul Ince's effort. I mean, why is he shooting from there? And the 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 technique and just the it's an incredible effort. I mean, the goalkeeper like if he hadn't saved it, it'd been very poor. But it's still just such a great effort from him. And um, another really good quarter from Gaza. Um, a great. A uh, great flick on. I think England have been very good and quite deadly from set pieces throughout this tournament. Um, 
And yeah, it's a it's a good finish by Shearer, and uh, England were were rolling. We really were, yeah. But that was almost. <laughs> I think that's where our tournament peaked. I'm not going to lie. I think about three minutes into that semi final is where for England fans Euro '96 peaked, and then it's kind of downhill from there on, really. Um, obviously, from an England perspective, that is. Uh, but you know, we we started the game off bright, uh, getting a few early chances. There's there's always there's always hope uh, from set pieces when you got big players like Adams and then to flick it onto clinical finishers like like Shearer, as as we saw uh, Adams again with a rare assist, uh, but he sort of dominating in the air. He did he did very well. Um, and then and then it, it they Germany scored, which was quite sad. Uh, the 16th minute I tallied their goal at, the unfortunately named Kuntz uh, ended up ended up scoring, uh, a name that English fans will remember uh, and perhaps mispronounce every now and then. Uh, but yeah, he, the ball ball sort of went through, came across, and uh, he cut. I, th- I think he kind of caught Pierce napping, uh, got in behind him and finished it. Uh, but you you made you made a slight argument for offside. Uh, I'm intrigued by this because I didn't see any replays or any footage that suggested it was, unless you saw differently. Well, I, I, I kept going over the footage of the goal for about, like, two minutes just to see if I could prove something against the goal, just to say, oh, yeah, we were robbed here. And um, I, I'm pretty sure that, um, I think it's eight, eight I, I can't pronounce his name, but the guy who had the ball uh, played through by Moller, I feel like Southgate... Uh, at first, people thought Southgate was playing one side, but I'm thinking if VAR was in play, his back foot was offside it, when the ball was yeah, played. Yeah, it I certainly. Think his back foot was I mean, I I haven't seen the same angle as you have because you've gone back through it quite, quite in quite some detail just to try and prove that there's some sort of case against that goal being being allowed. But yeah, it was. I think it's Iltz. Um, yeah, Dieter Iltz, I think his name is. Um, who he he could be offside, but. I think that the fact that there's, I mean, there's one arm up, and I'm pretty sure that's from Adams at one point. He's, but it's an arm up, not in a, yeah, we're going to stop playing. It's offside. It's so blatantly obvious, and the com- commentators don't really talk about it. And I, I looked it up because you sort of sent me, you sort of messaged me, being like, I'm pretty sure it's offside. I looked it up afterwards, and there was there was no one really saying we we were robbed. But it's yeah, it's certainly. I think if if your if your view was right, which I'm not saying it isn't. Then VAR, if it was in place at the time, might might have had a little look at that and go, actually, England, you say one 0 up, lad, so you've done bits. Yeah, I, I I think it it would it would have been quite harsh. It's it's a nice goal, to be fair. I mean, poor from um, whatever his name, Pierce. Uh, yeah, it, yeah it's poor from him. And uh, you mentioned earlier that um, the Shearer goal was the peak of the tournament. That was this tournament tournament's trippiest free kick. Free kick. Yeah, no, it certainly gives some flashbacks to that. It's like where a tournament peaked in a semi-final very early on, and then it just goes down. <laughs> it's it's not great, is it? But um, yeah, overall, the rest of that first half, and to be honest with you, I mean, we'll go through it with some vague points, but nothing specific, because the rest of the ninety minutes wasn't great. It was it was pretty. It, it was kind of cagey. We use that term a lot here, uh, but it was quite cagey. Uh, large parts of the game were uh, neither team really able to get a foothold in the game after the two goals, and it was almost like they were both kind of playing on the back foot, almost scared to concede because um, Germany had sort of had a wake up call uh, early on. Uh, but then, yeah, from from there, it wasn't. We England did very well in the game, I think, to to keep up with a German side who were very good. Uh, albeit lacking a Jürgen Klinsmann up top, but um, yeah, I've, I've got I've got a couple of points I want to bring up for the the majority just of the game as a whole, not specifically to the first half or second half. Are there any individual moments in any any part of the ninety minutes other than the goals, obviously, that stick out to you? Because well, I, I personally can't think of any. <laughs> um, there were I, I've got a few written down. Um, there was a um, Sheringham had a volley cleared off the line from a set piece, which could have been. Uh, could have been a goal. Um, Shearer headed just wide from like the edge of the box from like an Anderson cross. That's all that I've really got for the first half. Uh, second half, nothing happened really. Let's be honest. I mean, I think the highlight of the second half was seeing some English fan lighting a cigarette in the crowd. I mean, just like pretty sure that's not allowed. I don't know if it was allowed back then because you used to be able to smoke in football grounds, didn't you? 
I just don't know when that law was abolished. Was it not abolished after the Bradford fire? Yeah, that's that's it was, what I think. It? I I thought that was abolished um, Bradford fire, and that was what that was before year ninety six. That was like at least ten years before. Yeah, I I should know this considering my uh, presentation. I did a fifteen minute presentation on it for one of our modules at uni. But yeah, it was certainly well before Euro ninety six. Uh, obviously a tragic disaster. But yeah, I didn't actually clock that to be fair because it's so bizarre to see someone smoking in a football ground. It's it's kind of abnormal to us. It was a, it was in nineteen eighty five, so eleven years before that. Yeah, good maths. There we go. So yeah, it was it was quite some time before, but. If that's if that's the main point that we're picking out of the the second half, then you could it was a pretty dire half. Um, I think I know it was. You mentioned a couple of chances for England. Uh, the Sheringham one that was clearly for line, he hit very well considering it was behind him. Did the keeper have it covered, or am I remembering that wrong? I I don't think the keeper I don't think the keeper would have saved it because he had so much power on that. And if yeah. the player wasn't on the line, I reckon that's a goal. Yeah. Okay, so that's quite a major chance. Shearer's header, yeah, didn't really threaten the goalkeeper, but it was it was a half chance. Um, but yeah, no, German, neither team created a whole host of chances past that 16th minute point where Kuntz uh, scored that scored that goal for Germany. Um, the, the the few things that I've uh, a couple of a couple of positives and some criticisms I've, I've got of the, just the game as a whole. Um, so England did very well against Germany the majority of the match. Um, the the only real criticism I'd have of any England performance, and I've backed him a lot while rewatching this tournament, is Teddy Sheringham. Because aside from that chance, the issue we had with him was he was just dropping too deep and too often. And he would leave Shearer so isolated. So Babel, who fair play to him, did a brilliant job on him. Uh, he was just able to manhandle Shearer the entire game without the threat of Sheringham coming anywhere near him because he was dropping so deep, which isn't the worst thing. And it it was it wasn't made to look as bad as it could have been simply because Gascoigne got up the pitch a lot more this game, and he was brilliant all game. Um, he was he was he was absolutely everywhere. His fitness concerns prior to the tournament and early in the tournament were just completely got rid of in this game. Um, yeah, he he did really well, but I think. We could have done with Sheringham giving Shearer some more support up there, I'd say. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I don't think Sheringham had a great game. Oh, I was um, surprised to see that Venables didn't use any of the subs in this game. He didn't make a single substitution. When you've got some energy, like the young Robbie Fowler, who can give you something different. You have um, Les Ferdinand, who's a prolific goal scorer. You've got... Some you've got Barnby, you've got these players on the bench to like bring on and make a difference. But it was interesting to see he chose not to use any of those players. Yeah, well, in the whole 120 minutes of football, he didn't make a single sub, whereas Germany used all three, which is bizarre. Um, the only counterpoint I'd have that is that maybe he just wanted to stick with the same 11 players on the pitch, especially later in the ex extra time, just because he wanted to establish penalty takers on there. But then, on the contrary... Robbie Fowler took a penalty against Spain and scored it. So, I mean, I or he was on the list. I can't remember exactly if he took one, but he was he was on the list too, if he didn't actually take one. Um, but, yeah, so I do find it strange that he didn't bring on, and I, I've criticised him a lot because he's quite boring, but bringing on, like, a Steve Stone in that sort of situation might have, it wouldn't have, it may, maybe bring on Stone and Fowler. I know I've criticised him a lot for bringing on Stone. But this was probably the game that called out for him and Fowler the most because it would have, it would, might have re-energised the fans. It would have given us some fresh legs on the pitch at a point in the game, especially going into extra time, which we'll talk about later, where we look very tired. Um, but yeah, no, it would have it would have fitted Fowler a lot to go on potentially for Sheringham. But maybe he wanted to keep him on with an eye on penalties in a more significant game than the Spain one, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I I, I, cer I certainly found that quite strange. Um, but no, other, other than that, um, should we should we go into extra time golden goal because it was it was the most eventful golden goal I've seen, despite being designed uh, to to bring some caution into the game. Pretty much golden goal. That's basically its purpose. This this was the complete opposite, wasn't it? Yeah, this this was just chaos from start to finish. I mean, especially the first half of extra time, England just had. So it was just like inches away, like numerous times from just winning the game. And it was just like 
so hard to watch you because you're just thinking they were that close to just beating like their like, arch enemies Germany. It's just head in hands, like oh, so close. Yeah, it's it's because obviously we know obviously the people at the time watching it would be like ah oh, ah oh, they've they've missed again they've missed again but you've always got the hope and that obviously as an England fan that's what kills you. you've got the hope that we could win on penalties realistically um, because we won in the only only really because we won in the round prior to that on penalties if we hadn't have beaten Spain on penalties a we would be there but b we'd have a, a, obviously a lot less um, uh, confidence in our penalty taking but we're watching it back. It was just heartbreaking to see the amount of chances that we missed. I'll, I'll, I'll run you through a couple. So that first half of Golden Goal especially, uh, the, the first one that stuck out to me was uh, about two minutes in. And McManaman, uh, he might have been offside, but makes a run just in behind the German defence. Cuts it back to Darren Anderson and the German keeper does very well to get a touch on it. And that is the only reason it hits the post. It's a bit behind Anderton, but I reckon if the German keeper doesn't get a touch on that, that's going in. Because as much as we've, skate, we've, we've slated in this tournament, if the German keeper does not get a touch on that, that goes in. But the reality is it comes out, the goal's gaping, and it hits the post. Oh, it was, oh, it was so annoying. I, I still think he should have scored. I know the goalkeeper got a touch, and it was a bit behind, but he, he's, I still think he's got to score that. It's just... It's a big chance, and it's just got to go in. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's got to score. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a howler as such. It's not like it's coming to him at a really nice pace, uh, uh, completely straight. It's coming in front of him as well. It, it's been pushed behind him by the keeper. Uh, just before he's hit it, and it's kind of calf his shin. So I, I, I give more props to the keeper than I do um, sort of scathing of Darren Anderson in this situation, just because if he doesn't get that touch, he definitely scores. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's a howler of a miss, but it's one that you'd expect to go in in any other circumstance other than that. Yeah, it, it was... Maybe harsh to blame Anderson, who actually, to be fair, I mean, I've criticised him a lot in this tournament. I thought he was quite good this game for once. Like, he actually, um, there are a few times where he actually did what he's known for, for getting down the byline and getting a good crossing. Like, his crossing was a lot, uh, lot better um, his and a lot more accurate and just happened more often. And, yeah, I thought he had a solid game. So seeing him miss that was a... Was a shame. Would have probably. Oh, massively. Yeah, he was. Before. He was much improved in this game. He was. He was looking more like McManaman had in the previous games because he was actually looking like a threat. We didn't solely have to rely on McManaman, who unfortunately the whole game was just getting double teamed because Germany realised he's our biggest threat going forwards, and they just basically marked him out of the game, which was a shame because uh, he's been so brilliant this tournament. But yeah, no, as, as you say, Anderson had a brilliant game. Uh, he showed a lot of fight and a lot of passion. It was almost like he had a point to prove going into this game, and he certainly proved that point. And that that goal would have certainly proved any any of the doubt was wrong, and would have would have sent everyone home happy bunnies, and we'd have probably had a European Championship to our name. But we don't because I this, this is a slight tangent, but I reckon obviously Germany go on and they play the Czech Republic. If England also if England beat Germany, we beat the Czech Republic too. Oh, they would smash the, that Czech Republic team. I'm thinking like 3 0. I'm sorry, this England team. Yeah, it's so. I know, no disrespect to that Czech Republic team, because don't get me wrong, it was a good team. However, and they had beaten teams like France, which is just an incredible yeah. achievement with the likes of um, Zidane playing for them. But this England team just played so well, and I just. the I'm not a lie, I don't think Germany, defensively, they were brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but going forward, they weren't a threat. England just kept pinning him back throughout the game. It was like unrelenting, even in extra time. I think this England attack would have been too much for Czech Republic, and we'd have easily dispatched them, but it is, it is, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. No, it was... Uh, <laughs> it was it, we, I certainly think we would have gone on and won that final with the home crowd behind us at Wembley. Um no disrespect to that Czech Republic team, as you say, defensively has been their, their key the whole tournament. They have been solid at the back the entire tournament. They The only way they beat France was they basically parked the bus for 120 minutes and beat them on penalties. Um, that was pretty, that's pretty much been their tactic the whole tournament. And they've done it to perfection. 
and uh, the game they play against Germany in the final goes to a golden goal. Uh, but it's, I do, I do think I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't think we'd have battered them, but I think we would have had enough quality to have beaten them and relatively comfortably, not without scares because we're England and that's always going to happen. Um, but yeah, if we could have put in a performance like this in the final, if we'd have got through to it, we'd have won. But we didn't. So we we move on, uh, which is it's heartbreak. It really is. Um, but yeah, no, back back to the start of extra time. Uh, Germany had actually quite a good chance. Uh, it was Andreas Muller who was or Muller who was going to um, he got yellow earlier in the game was going to miss the final. Um, he had a shot from a pot shot from about twenty five yards out. No one really came and closed him down. And Seaman does actually very well to tip it over because he's sort of moving a little bit in the air. Uh, but he does very well to sort of you know watch it, watch the flight of the ball and tip it over. And then comes the German goal that's disallowed, which is a big moment, and it's Kuntz again. Um, he's penalised for dragging back Southgate, who's going for the ball, uh, and. <laughs> Mike may many many heads it in, but the referee's already just about blown up as the ball goes in for a foul on Southgate. Um, my my favourite part of this possibly is Paul Gascoigne on the line. <laughs> Did you see what he tried to do? The ball, the header comes in, and Paul Gascoigne's at the back post, and he doesn't stop it from going in. But he literally jumps up and punches the ball. It's oh, I love him. I love him so much, genuinely, and. It was sort of a heart in a heart in mouth moment, I can imagine, for everyone watching that at the time, because you don't really hear the whistle at first, or at least for a good few seconds, that he's given a free kick. Um, but it was it was a real chance, and thankfully Southgate was fouled. Yeah, we got we definitely got away with that. I mean, it it, it was a foul, but for a moment you're like edge of seat, just like oh no, we're we're two one down. This is against the run of play, and it's just oh. Very, very unfortunate, really. Yeah, it was, yeah, as you say, it was certainly against the run of play. And um, it, it was a foul, but it was a brave call from the ref because in such a heated situation and such a massive match, to give a foul like that in that era, especially, obviously it's not a, a million years ago, but it was it was a good while ago where fouls like that were often just glossed over. It was massive from him to give that, I'd say. Um, but we go on, uh, one all uh, in extra time. And then just before the break, the best chance of the, other than the goals of the entire game. Do you want to, do you want to run us through it, Sam? Because I don't think I can. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's another just such a close chance. So um, the ball comes to Shearer, who it, it, it is a shot. It's most likely to be a shot, um, but he kind of messes it up. And it, the ball is just like flying across the box. And Gaza, who had just been running, like just ran his legs off, like making incredible runs throughout the game, just flings himself at it. And his like toe is just like, I'm not sure if he makes contact, but it's just like, like an inch away or like two inches away from just poking it in and scoring. It's like so close. England was so close to just getting that goal and Gaza deserved it so much and oh it was just such a near miss oh it, it was, was so close it was it was horrible wasn't it because he you could just see he's thrown his entire body at it he's had no reservations with it he's a stud's length away from it i think it was keegan on commentary said if he'd have had his eight and, if he'd have had his night size nine boots on instead of his eight and a half he'd have scored and all this sort of thing it is that fine margins that could have won us the European Championship, and it is—it's ag it's agonisingly close. That—that would—that could have been the game as well. That would have been the game right there. If he'd have put that in, you could just picture him running off, wheeling away in celebration, and the rest is a very happy history. And he just doesn't quite get there, and it's really annoying to watch back as well because I watched back uh, the highlights after the game just to make sure I picked up on everything. Um, and you see Gascoigne's run. And there's a split second just before he's at the defender where he just pauses. And you think, if he carries on running, obviously he doesn't know. And it's a natural run for him to make. Because uh, it's one that he makes very often. He sort of staggers in the box and then goes. If he carries on running there, he scores. 
And it's that it's that fine margins, and it is honestly it is heart wrenching to watch because you can just see the agony on Venables' face, on the crowd's face, on Gaza's face. They I think they flicked a fit the camera to um, Shearer's face as well, and you could just see it was ah oh, that was the moment. That was the moment, and yeah, that's that's pretty much just before half time of extra time, and it's it's sad. It's sad. It, it's oh, it, it's so frustrating to know how close we really were to beat Germany. I mean, I was watching this and just like, so I didn't understand the pain, and now I really do. I'm just there. It was like I was watching it live, and I was just like, oh, it's so frustrating. It is. It is horrible. Um, I don't know. It's oh, I don't know. It's just so because I I never I. Until a couple of, well, maybe like a week or so ago, uh, when I was just sort of watching stuff about the tournament, I never realised that this chance was a thing. I just thought, oh, yeah, Gareth Southgate cost us a chance to win a European Championship on penalties. A, a cynical and probably naive and harsh view on it. But looking back at it now, there were so many opportunities for us to win it in normal time and not have to have the agony of penalties. But um, we move on. Uh, half time of golden goal extra time thing. What do you actually call it? Do you call it extra time or golden goal? I call it extra time. Yeah, because it. Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? It is extra time, but I don't know. It's just with different rules, so it feels weird calling it extra time. But we'll call it that. Um, and Germany, I think they probably had the best chance of the second half. It dies down a little bit this golden goal, but it's still the most event. This golden goal extra time, but it's still the most eventful. Uh, the second most eventful half I've seen to a golden goal when I watched the full thing through, and it was the second half of this. Um, and it was, I think, I can't remember who put them through the ball, but it was Zieger, who'd been brilliant all game for Germany. And he's through one-on-one with Seaman, and he just toe-pokes it wide. But again, another massive chance for either team to nick it at the death. Um, and then the, the, probably the big England chance that I can remember, at least, correct me if I'm wrong, um, was uh, Shearer played through a ball to McManaman. And he was thrown goal. And you must have been in the stadium thinking, this is it. This is our chance. And he's just so puffed out. You can just see he's just running on absolute steam. Um, and he, he, he can't quite get any generate any sort of power behind it. His first touch is just sort of behind him as he's one-on-one. And he, in reality, it's quite a tame effort um, on, on onto the German goal. But it's another chance for England. And it's just, it's agonising. That whole extra time was as, if not more, painful to watch in the penalty shootout. It it really was. I mean, the second half, I think, was pretty end-to-end, more, much more even, but that McManaman chance, it was like... Just the, the power on the effort was like... It, you, you could tell that was going to happen because he, he runs so hard throughout the game. Like he does every game, McManaman just never stops running. And it was just getting to that point where he was just out of breath. And it was just like everything left he could muster. And unfortunately, he didn't have the power to beat the keeper. It was, it was, yeah, it's just the whole, the whole of that extra time was just so painful to watch. And then, because I've seen England lose on penalties a host of times. I mean, you always see either, either clips of it or whole penalty shootouts. You see it, it happens. Uh, we lose on penalties. It's part of being English. That's what happens, uh, at least until our most recent tournament. Um, but it, I don't know. It's something about that extra time hits hits different by comparison to the penalty shootout. Um, now you will go on to the penalty shootout. You gave us such a beautiful run through of the Spain one um, that I had to put it together. And if you haven't seen the video already, go over to our social media and watch it because it's probably the funniest ninety seconds you will have in quarantine ever. I'm going to put it out there. It's bloody, it's bloody funny. Um, so go, go and watch it. But Sam, do you want to, do you want to run us through penalties and maybe, maybe a slightly sadder way considering we lose? Uh, but do you want to just? I'm not expecting anything like the Spain one. Don't worry. But just, just run us through penalty shoot, the penalty shootout quickly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no pressure to <laughs> try and recapitulate the, um, the likes of the Spain one, but. Um... I'll, I'll I'll give it a go. So um, first up was uh, the man Alan Shearer, who um, had just been brilliant throughout this tournament. He got a um, goal in this game. Scored five throughout the tournament. I think I'm right. And um, he he stepped up first for England. And top right corner, never in doubt really. I mean, just calm, composed, bang, goal, brilliant. One 0 England. 
Uh, next was um, Hasler for um, Germany. Uh, he put it in the bottom left corner. Um, really good pen. Seaman went the right way, but nowhere near it. I mean, unstoppable pen, one all. Uh, then it was uh, David Luiz, I mean, David Platt, um, uh, who put it in the top right uh, <laughs> top right corner. Keeper went the right way, but again, nothing you can do. And the, um, the top right corner was used quite a lot throughout this penalty shootout, let's, <laughs> let's just say. Um, but not for the next two penalties, as it was uh, Strunz next for Germany, who um, put it in the top left corner. Um, Seaman was nowhere near it. I'm pretty sure people in the crowd were closer to that penalty um, than Seaman. <laughs> nothing, nothing he could really have done though. Uh, so that's two all. Um, Stuart Pearce uh, again using the um, the left hand side of the goal. I think for the probably for the last time until Southgate <laughs> later, and we know how that goes. Um, yeah, in the in the tournament and um, yeah, Pearce just bottom left. Um, at Sparky, absolute limbs in the crowd. I mean, everyone's going crazy. That is the biggest roar of the night. Everyone's going crazy. Everyone loves Stuart Pearce. He's made up for Italia 90, and it's uh, it's party time. Or well, he thought. Um, Reuter was up next uh, to equalise for the Germans. Um, Seaman got a touch on it, tipped it into the top right corner, but uh, just didn't get enough on it. And it had been harsh to blame him for that one, really. Um, Gaza to make it 4-3 and he, he did so he uh, top right corner before him just screaming he just scored it and then just stood there just screaming his lungs off don't know what he said uh, but it probably uh, would be a bit rude for this podcast um, to find out um, Ziga was, was next uh, top right corner 4 all. everything's going in the top right corner I mean <laughs> it was it was used so much it's unbelievable uh, Sheringham was next, and uh, have a guess where he put it. You're right, the uh, top right corner. Keep went the wrong way. Um, the left hand side, the, the goal was feeling really left out by this point. I'm not gonna, not a liar. Kunt, the goal scorer in the night, he scored twice with one of them ruled out. Um, another one of uh, David Lewis's idols scored, um, putting the ball in the top right again. Uh, then it was, um, it was the moment that broke England hearts. It really was. Um, Gareth Southgate. Uh, he he went to the left and uh, the Kopka, the Frankfurt keeper, saved it. I'm not going to lie, absolutely woeful penalty. Uh, should have probably gone to the right because everyone who's gone to the right has scored. So, <laughs> mistake there. He's like he's like Jordan Henderson recently uh, in the Columbia penalty shootout. Everyone was going the other way and scoring. He went the other way, missed it. Terrible. And uh, Muller just smashed it down the middle. To win it for Germany, 6-5, hearts broken, and yeah, just devastation. Brilliant, Sam. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it was it was heartbreaking. And one of the one of the things about this penalty shootout in particular is that up to that Southgate penalty, every penalty that's been taken is so good. Like They've been placed inch perfectly. Like none of the keepers are getting anywhere near any of the other penalties, other than Southgate's absolute drivel that he just sort of passes to the keeper. And yeah, as you say, I, I don't know if he was watching the penalty shootout at all, but everyone who was scoring was going that side, and he limbers up as if he's going to go that side, and he just—it's just bad. It just is. Um, and I thought, I thought the one thing we'd have going for us would be the absolutely woeful kit that David Seaman had on. And it might put off the German strikers because it's terrible. If if you haven't seen it, it's like a, a red with blue and green and yellow weird little pattern on it. I don't really understand it. I'm not a fashion designer. I don't know I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's awful. And I thought that would have been enough to put off some of the German players, but evidently not, because they're German and they can take penalties, unlike us. Um but yeah, no, it was it was sad it was sad to see. Um, but the scenes the scenes after the game were it's weird because I was watching them and I, it just it gave me goosebumps after the game and I can't really describe why but it was just like the unity of that England team the fans singing their hearts out despite losing crushingly on penalties everyone going over and consoling Southgate and then that moment I don't know if you saw it where Adams puts his arm around Southgate and brings everyone in, gets them to go over to the England fans and celebrates. That, for me, that is... Uh, he, he, I'll go on to talk about a man of the match later, but that was unbelievable. That was that was really, really good to see. Uh, also, one of the German... I don't, 
I'm not a massive fan of Stuart Pearce swapping swapping shirts with one of the German players. I, I don't mind sh- uh, shirt swapping as a whole, but after that, and then the German player had Stuart Pearce's shirt on, it's all a little bit weird. I think, at least, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being weird, but I think that's a little bit odd. I, I think he, I think he did it more out of the respect, just saying you've played amazing, and um, a respect to Pierce saying you did as well. <laughs> but honestly, if if the penalty shootout didn't make me sad enough already, the the scenes after the game, I was even, I was just, I was almost in tears. I mean, it was so just. Like just seeing everyone just get behind Southgate, you're seeing Venables just running over. Jurgen Klinsmann, literally, all the German players were off like going mental, and Jurgen Klinsmann's going around every single England player and just consoling them. And it's just the sportsmanship showed. And then, as you mentioned, the the Adams thing, bringing everyone, uh, the whole team in Southgate over to the England fans before this tournament. There was no... The England fans weren't behind this England team. There'd been such a divide. They weren't filling Wembley. There was such a divide between the England team and the fans. And just this tournament united uh, the fans of English football and made every English fan just love football again. And just to see that unity was just beautiful. Yeah, it it makes you proud in a... In a non pack, not in a, it just makes you proud of your country. I, I wanted to word that carefully because um, I've I've been yeah accused of that before on the podcast. But it's no, it just makes you proud to just be an England fan of football. And it, it, that, as you say, it was a precarious era for for English football. We hadn't been to the World Cup before. Uh, the media were on the team's back, the fans were on the team's back, and just to see that unity, it was. It was incredible to see um, the Euros in your own country. I mean, I can't, I, I can only imagine the the scenes uh, after the games and every, and just the whole country coming together um, behind one team, and they did so well. Uh, and yeah, that's why it was so heartbreaking to see them lose at that point. But complete props to this England team. Realistically, looking back at it, we should have won the tournament. Uh, we'll say that we're English. A German will tell you, no, they deserve to win the tournament. A, a, che- a Czech could tell you that, no, we deserve to win the tournament. Fine, OK. Uh, a Frenchman could tell you, loads of different countries could tell you, because it was such an open tournament. Um, but home country, very good team, historically good manager, ve- did very well, but I don't think they did as... I don't want to say don't did as well as they could have, because they, they had the potential to win this tournament, but they... They did incredibly well, but they had potential to do better, I think. Yeah, I, I think that before this, um, it, expectations were quite low because it, the England teams had just been underperforming. They had just become the new norm, and everyone was just kind of like, oh, this England team isn't going to do anything. And then they come to this tournament, get to the semi-final, and you're thinking, we could win it here. if you Because the team was brilliant, like such a talented team. Terry Venables, this was his last tournament in charge of England. And just a brilliant, like historically brilliant manager. I mean, supposedly biased towards Tottenham players. Whatever you say about him, he was brilliant. Admittedly, probably could have done a, uh, made a few tactical changes, like bringing on subs. But his team selection was right the majority of the time. I think he, he managed the team brilliantly. And was brilliant man management, especially at the end of the game. Uh, with Southgate and just coming out over to him, just saying you can be proud of your performance. It doesn't matter about this penalty shootout. You can be really proud of how you've played. Completely. It was, yeah. It was. It was that unity we showed, and it was a very good tournament. And one, once you've got over the initial heartbreak of a penalty shootout loss, you can look back on. And that's why TV have given us a rerun because people have such fond memories of a tournament we came so close to winning it all. Um, yeah, no, Venables. Looking looking back on it, um, this might be slightly controversial, um, but looking back on it, a lot of people put Terry Venables in a similar boat as Bobby Robson and Sir Alf Ramsey in terms of legendary England managers that I can think of, at least. I don't think on a competitive stage. You can put him in that list. And don't get me wrong, I am not taking anything away from the team's performance and his performance in this European Championship. But if you look at it, he, as an England manager, 
he coached how many competitive games? He, ju- he This was his only tournament that he coached as an England manager, right? We drew to Switzerland. We scraped a win. We were terrible for the majority of the Scotland game and somehow managed to beat them. We were brilliant against the Netherlands. Fair play. We got battered 0-0 by Spain. And we then drew and lost some penalties to Germany. So his overall record is 1-2 in normal time, if I'm right in saying. And then drew three. And they were all at Wembley with a generationally good team. That's, that, that is my only criticism on Terry Venables' legacy as a manager. In this tournament, he's done very well. But I, yeah, it's slightly off topic. But looking back on his legacy and England managers as a whole, I think he's put in slightly higher regard because of the fond memories we have of this tournament. That's that's my only point. Great manager, but yeah, that's my only slight slight. Oh, point I would I would argue something similar with the uh, recent uh, World Cup in 2018 because everyone was saying, oh yeah, Southgate, he's been amazing. It's like well done, right? We scraped to win with Tunisia. Like, who were terrible. Like, we should have smashed them. Uh, we beat Panama. Round of applause. Tunbridge Angels could have beaten Panama. I mean, yeah, then we we lost to Belgium. They're like, we didn't play a, uh, a competitive team. All right, then. Well, that's <laughs> that's his fault. Um, then we we drew against Colombia. Again, winning on pens. Like, we should have beaten them. Let's be real. We're better than Colombia. Um, then we beat Sweden, not hard. Um, again, like fair play, they've tried hard in this tournament. They've like it is for England to beat Sweden. That's historically it's been quite hard. Yeah, exactly. yeah their team was like yeah. they don't get me wrong, they've overperformed in the tournament, but they um, they were still not a hard team to beat. We then came up against Croatia, who we should beat. I'm sorry, we we should beat Croatia. Because we like they have a few like decent players, but we've got a better squad overall, and we lost to them, and then we uh, we lost to Belgium, who I uh, I think we have a better squad than Belgium. Maybe like, but like because Belgium's squad's more about the individuals, because individually they're great, but as a team, England I reckon can match them, and we just, we barely did anything against Belgium. So. It's similar, I think, for the recent yeah. tournament with Southgate. I think everyone's like, he's a brilliant manager. And I think, well, he got Middlesbrough relegated. And he he didn't actually do that well this tournament. Yeah, I, I, I think there's certainly similarities to be drawn between the two. My only argument would be Venables said this was going to be his last tournament. I think Southgate's still got a chance to prove that he can go on and do better with this England team. Because it's, it's a young England team and they can still go on and do better. And I think he should definitely, it's slightly off topic, but should be obviously given another major tournament to see what he can do with his young team. Um, because I'm, I'm of the opinion that obviously our recent World Cup performance was slightly overrated, I'd say. Um, but it was, it, it was a similar to this Euro 96 one, where it just brought together the country. And I don't think you can necessarily put a price on that. Because when you look at individual manager performances, fine, Neve has been setting the world alight, but they're both with a fairly uh, with a, with a team that's admired by fans, uh, with with certain players in their team. This England team, admittedly, is younger than the Euro '96 one, obviously now, but at the time, um, and it's. I think that you can certainly draw similarities, and this <laughs> this isn't a podcast. It's just. Um, just gave Gareth Southgate in the same, same podcast that he's he's missed a penalty and and we're ripping him about the the World Cup performance. But um, it's it's an interesting point to make certainly. Um, we've strayed slightly off topic there, but do we want to go back and just give our man of the sure, match? Sure. Um, I'll 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 get us. I'll kick us off. Um, my man of the match is a uh, Paul Gascoigne. Throughout this tournament, I don't think he's particularly been at his best. Um, I think he's, he, his performance in this tournament was massively overhyped just for his goal against Scotland, which is a brilliant goal, don't get me wrong, but I feel like his overall performance was overhyped. But in this game, best performance of the tournament, not even close. He, like, bear in mind there was fitness concerns for the tournament. Is he fit enough like, to play? He played the full, like, all the way to penalties, and he was running through, like, he... 
the runs he was making. Uh, he was just better on the ball. He was creating more chances. He, he was so close to scoring. He scored a great penalty. The passion he showed. He put everything on the line to try and get England that win. And I think it's so admirable. And just his performance, I think, was the best of the tournament. And I've, I've got to give a man the match for that. Yeah, he was unbelievably good. And with Gascoigne at this point, it was like, again, playing against Germany in a semi-final. We know what happened in Italia 90 with uh, with Gaz's tears and all this sort of thing. Um, to come back and play against Germany and just go out there and prove that despite, bear in mind, he's had an injury-riddled time in his last six years since Italia 90. He's playing for Rangers, which isn't the highlight of his career. Um, again, no knock on the Scottish League. But he's he's been through a really tough time. And he's been absolutely hammered by the press, but no change there. And yeah, no, I can I can completely see why you've given him out of the match. Um, and he was a close second in mine, but I've I've given it to Tony Adams because honestly, and this this game was his best game, probably in an England shirt. I'd say he bossed it at the back. He was intercepting basically everything. He kept their strikers fairly quiet, aside from the goal, but he wasn't even marking Kuntz. Um, but he, he, he nullified any German attack. Put him up against Klinsmann in this game, could have been a different story. But he wasn't up against Klinsmann. And I think he would have done an OK job on Klinsmann. Um, but I, it, it, the German attack wasn't amazing, but I think Adams was just so solid at the back. And it was the leadership that he showed in a formation that they haven't played all too regularly with a younger defender next to him and Gareth Southgate, who also played very well. I think they both elevate each other's performance massively, uh, especially in this England team. And then just the leadership he showed throughout the game, just to command the game from the back. He was just making tackle after tackle. He came over uncovered when he veranded Sonal McManaman, hadn't quite got back on the wings. Um, and the entire game, he was so assured at the back. And... He has really stepped into those captain, that captain's armband this tournament. Uh, and then the scenes after the game, I know you don't judge a man on the match performance based on what happens after the game, but just he's just a great bloke, isn't he? He's, he's, a, he's a cracking fella. Um, now obviously, I'm slightly biased because I love the man, but um, he was really good. Uh, I see why you give it to Gascoigne, and uh, on another day, I could give it to Gascoigne as well, but I think Adams is well and truly up there as a very good candidate, and that's why I've gone with him. Um... Shall we, and I, I haven't prepped you on this before, so apologies, but shall we, as the England's, England's tournament's done, shall we give a player of a tournament? And I can go first if you need a little bit of time. Let's, let's do it, you know, you, though you go first. <laughs> OK, I'm going with Shearer. I, I don't think we've really, we have, we've only given him a couple of man of the match performances, but that's because it's almost like what we've come to expect in this tournament with him just scoring goals for fun. And if we don't have Shearer in this tournament and we say we start a Fowler or a Barnby or a anyone anyone else in this tournament, we are so we have so much depth at that striker position because we didn't even have Ian Wright at this tournament. And which is which is just beyond me. Um but he didn't play that many times for England anyway. But it was it's just there are so many incredible attackers in this England lineup and for Alan Shearer to set himself apart from those at a period where he's struggling for goals coming into the tournament, he's just proved himself to be an elite level striker. And he got he he was top scorer in the tournament with five goals, as you say, in a tournament where there weren't many elite strikers other than really him and Klinsman, fine. But he was top scorer in his home tournament, massive pressure on him, and every time there was pressure on him, he stepped up. He didn't let us down, and he was always there to put in any chance that came his way, other than a couple. But he was he was brilliant, um, and he's he's my England player of the tournament because he was just so assured up top, and he he put himself into that world class bracket. I think with that performance. Yeah, you Shearer has been um, just, was phenomenal throughout this tournament. I I agree, but. The, the man I've gone for is uh, the opposite end, the one keeping him out. It's David Seaman. He has been just absolutely brilliant throughout this tournament. He's kept us in numerous games. He's made so many crucial saves. The way he organises his defence, he's just such a... He's a really... He's a great bloke. I know that's not really to do with it, but in the interviews after the game, 
you could tell uh, he's just a he's just a great guy, but his performances were phenomenal through the tournament. I mean, um, he he saved a penalty um, which was um, which wasn't done in a major tournament um, until um, soccer aids when um, uh, the what's his name Neil from the in between has saved one. I mean, uh, <laughs> it'd been a, it'd been a while, but yeah, it was um, it it was an amazing moment. Yeah, no, <laughs> I can't believe you got Neil from the in between us in there. Um, that's that's probably I think that's where we cap off the podcast. Not obviously as a whole, but this episode. Um, yeah. So your your player tournament is David Seaman, mine's Alan Shearer. Both brilliant. This is England team as a whole was incredible. It goes down in history as we're talking about it as one of the best England teams to put on a shirt. Um, and it, they were iconic. It's a shame they weren't able to wear that iconic white shirt in this game because the grey kit that we grey bluey kit that we wore is absolutely disgusting in my opinion, um, and I don't think that helped us one bit. I reckon if we win that coin toss before the game and wear the white shirts, we win. Um, a, very, a very fashion-based opinion, but I, know, I, I don't. I don't seriously think that'd be the case, but I don't think it helped. Um, but yeah, England in this tournament did very well, uh, as we say. They came into it with. Not an awful lot of expectation, but uh, the potential to do very well. And they they delivered, I'd say. Uh, without winning it, they did very well. They delivered. And, yeah, that's that's pretty much all we've got to say on it. Uh, we'll be back for the final. We'll talk about that. Obviously, England not in it. Uh, we may or may not have a special guest for that one as well. So keep keep them, keep them peeled for that. But uh, do, you want, do you want to sign us off, Sam? Yeah, thank thank you for watching, guys. Um, this is the uh, where England's tournament came to an end. Um, it's a shame, but yeah, we'll be back. Uh, talk about the final. <clears throat> talk about the final, which is a uh, Czech Republic against Germany. Um, and yeah, special guest to look forward to. Uh, a really big name, so uh, look forward to that. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching, guys. And uh, yep, see you later. Goodbye.